Well, good morning. I hope you're doing well today. I just wanted to take a moment and read out of Jeremiah chapter 29, Jeremiah 29. And this is actually a letter to the captives of Israel. It's when they're in captivity, Jeremiah is writing a letter to try to encourage them. And this is starting, the letter starts about in verse 5. I'm going to start reading there. It says, Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished, and seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive, and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace you will have peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in the who are in your midst deceive you nor listen to your to your dreams which you have which you cause which you cause to be dreamed for they prophesy falsely to you in my name i have not sent them says the lord for thus says the lord after 70 years are completed at babylon i will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So he's writing a letter to the captives. But I want you to notice, and he's trying to encourage them in their captivity. But in verse 10, it says, after 70 years are completed, right? Their captivity was going to last 70 years. Now, lately, I've been studying and reading about the Jubilee and the Sabbath. And the Holy Spirit has been reminding me about these principles in the Bible and how important it is to take a Sabbath rest, how important it is to operate according to God's divine principles. Now, you may not know this, but during this time, the Israelites, it's been about 800 years since they left Egypt. However, for about 490 of those years, they had not kept the Sabbath of the land. If you remember back in Leviticus and other places, it talks about the Sabbath being holy as one day a week, but it also talks about the Sabbath rest of the land. Every seven years, the land was supposed to lay fallow. Every seven years. And then after seven of those, which would be 49 years, in the 50th years when they had the Jubilee, which gets into some other stuff. But basically what I'm saying is for 490 years, they did not keep the Sabbath for the land. They didn't keep it. Well, this captivity, right, which was God's judgment for their rebellion, and not just because of the Sabbath, was 70 years. Well, if you take that 490 years where they have not kept the Sabbath for the land, guess how many Sabbath Sabbaths for the land that is? It's 70 when you divide it out. The 490 years, you get 70 years. So the land laid fallow for 70 years, getting the Sabbath that it was supposed to already get. 
because they had not done that. God is very specific sometimes in what he tells us to do. But here in the larger picture, especially if, as a New Testament Christian, when we look at these principles of the Jubilee, of the Sabbath rest, and many other principles in the Bible, they are for our good. They're for our good. You do need to take a Sabbath rest. You do need to once a week take a time where you get away from everything. You worship God, focus on Him, and do something else besides working or whatever you normally do. It is a very important principle. The principles of the Bible are divine. They come from God Almighty. And sometimes we may have difficulty in understanding how to apply them, right? But we should apply them because they matter. They're for our good. And when God's people did not apply them, guess what? They ended up in captivity and in exile. And the land still got its Sabbaths. 70 years. 70 years because they had disobeyed God and had not operated according to his principles. Now, I don't really want to focus necessarily on the judgment. It matters. It's part of God's word. But what I want to focus on is God's divine principles and how we really don't usually operate by them. And sometimes because we live in a modern culture and the Bible is very ancient, we may not know how. But I think the easiest thing is to make it simple, such as a Sabbath rest. How do you do that? It's really not that difficult unless you have a job where you work seven days a week and most people don't have that. It's really not that difficult. Sometimes you may have to rearrange schedules and rearrange things. Did you know with the French Revolution around 1792, what the French tried to do? They tried to implement a 10-hour day in a 10-day week. They did it for about three months, and then, of course, everything went back to the seven-day week. It didn't work because it's not according to God's divine principles. It's a seven-day week. Seven-day week. And part of that is this cycle of work and rest, a Sabbath rest. And I don't know that God's really worried about which day of the week that is, but it's a principle. It's a divine principle. It matters. It matters if you don't rest your body and your mind. If you don't focus on God, you don't take that time. And just like with the land, it matters if the land has rest. It's a principle. It's a principle to revive, right? For the nutrients to be able to revive the land. Just like you need nutrients and rest to revive your body and your mind and your soul and your spirit. See, it's a principle. And when we understand the principle, then we can apply it. It's very, very important. But it's also important. This is Jeremiah 29 is talking about the, the people are actually in captivity. And Jeremiah is writing to them when they're in captivity, trying to encourage them. Right? Trying to encourage them. God's principles are, are eternal. They're very important. And they're for our good. They're for our good. Now, I was reading recently... This may seem unusual, but I was reading recently by a man called Boethius. <laughs> Lived a long time ago, right? He was a Roman. 
And something that happened to him, he rose to great, great status of wealth, fame, and power. And he worked under a king, very powerful king. And he became the king's closest political advisor. However, this powerful king changed, changed his policies. And what happened is Boethius fell from royal grace and actually was stripped of his office. He was in prison. He was tortured. And then he actually was killed. Now, I know none of that sounds very happy. He, he arose to great power and then he fell, right? But during his time, during his time when he was in prison, okay, they put him in prison. During his time when he was waiting, he wrote a book called, you may not have heard of this, but a book called The Consolation of Philosophy. Now, that may not mean much to you, but basically, he wrote this book, Philosophy Appears as a Woman, and shows Boethius that he has not really lost anything that's worth keeping. This book basically is about philosophy, and it's about God. See, he had been deprived of material goods, earthly pleasures, fame, and power. But is that really what matters? Is that really what brings us peace? And did you know this book, while he wrote, while he was in prison, for a thousand years, was considered a great work of philosophy and theology that was heavily studied. See, his life went up, and then it came crashing down. But on his way out, while he was in prison, he worked. It's not the only thing he wrote, not the only thing he did. He did many other good and great things. But see, God's principles, the way God works, is a little bit different. And when we start working the way the world works, the way the world works, things may not go so well. And I'm not saying that about him. I'm simply saying God's principles are different. God's principles are different. Wealth, fame, and power, God can use those things. But many times those things are corrupted. And those things don't give us peace. <laughs> they don't give us peace. And most of the time, those things, while they can be used for good, aren't. They're not. And we know people of power sometimes will use it for good, and sometimes they won't. For a time, he was in the good graces of the king, and then, the, then he fell horribly. But while he was in prison, he writes this great philosophical and theological work, which was read for a thousand years. Don't ever think, if you're a Christian... And Boethius was a Christian. Don't ever think God doesn't have your back and that God doesn't know what he's doing. If you continue to follow him and follow his principles and his instruction, what he has told you to do, in the end, he's going to work it out. Even if you're imprisoned or you suffer. Because part of the book that he wrote, it's about that. How do we have peace in suffering? Just like when we look back at Jeremiah, Jeremiah is trying to encourage the captives, those in exile, trying to encourage them. They may have to be in captivity for seven years, 70 years, but God is a God of peace and hope. 
and he was going to eventually restore and deliver them. Just like the Sabbath rest, just like the Jubilee and many other principles, they're for our good. God is for us. God is for us. We may experience great, wonderful things that the world has to offer sometimes, right? And sometimes those things may be taken away, but God doesn't change. His divine principles don't change. And remember, Jesus was hailed as a prophet, right? They celebrated him when he came into Jerusalem, right? And then he was murdered by the leaders. God's ways are different. They're different. They're not like the world's ways. But if you keep following him, you will find peace. No matter what your life looks like today, God is a God of peace. God is a God of peace. Keep following him. Keep following his word and his principles. He knows what he's doing. Even when we suffer, he knows what he's doing. And it'll be for our good and the good of other people. I hope you have a great and wonderful and blessed day. And remember, remember, no matter what you're going through in life, God is the answer. He holds the keys. He holds the principles. Continue to follow him, obey his commands, follow his principles, and he will work it out. And he will give you peace. Bye-bye.